Blog Talk Radio. Sorry, it's audio. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everyone. Oh, sorry. Yeah, boy. Welcome to Chat with Camille Show. This is Camille. I'm here. And today we're going to have a very special guest by the name of Mr. Benjamin Michael. Sure the reason why I asked him to be a guest on this show is to talk about different um, veterans' needs. Huh. And oh, also, great. I can give you, and I'd love to give you a little background on Ben. He's a 13 year old, 13 year Marine. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I hope she calls back. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone's doing really good. It looks like we're on live. And I need my caller or guest to call me one more time. So uh, let me do that now. And I'm not sure why the rock the incorrect episode was playing, even though it's a really good one. Because um, this is part two of um, our episode on what is lymphedema. Oh, there she is. Okay. There we go. I think I I see I see our um Hello. Hi. 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 Sorry about that. <laughs> you know me in this uh, studio. How are you? Good. Excellent. Okay. We're this is part two. Uh, what is lymphedema? Okay, and I don't know if um, a lot of you were able to listen to our original show, but um, I'm chatting with a wonderful friend named Arden, and what we're talking about is um, a physical condition called lymphedema, and the goal of this episode is to raise awareness about lymphedema itself, okay? And so last time, um, they asked you some questions. So let me get those real quick. But you do want to... um, Introduce, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Arden, and I'm from Livingston, New Jersey, originally, which is on the East Coast. Yes. Perfect. Okay, and currently, Arden and I, we reside in Grand County. Okay, so... Um, let me see where we were, because I asked you quite a few questions. We were really pretty much about uh, that you're a that you had, um, I think it was about receiving your mammogram, if I'm not correct. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, is it? That's correct. Oh, and did you, yes, like how, how often were you receiving a mammogram? So we'll, we'll start there. From the last episode. With my insurance, it was only once a year. Once a year. Okay. And um, 
how, oh, this is a question I think uh, a lot of us women would like to know, like, how did you, how do you know, or how did you know that you could be at risk for breast cancer or for cancer? Uh, my aunt got breast cancer. My mom's sister got breast yes. cancer when I was around around 10. And then it came back when I was about 13 or so. Okay. And um, so this is, means you had a, you had a history, a history already in the family. And then can you talk a little bit about um, the genetic testing of BRCA that, um, that you had spoken to me about? Yes. Um, I did genetic testing at, I went to Memorial Sloan Kettering, and that's the biggest cancer hospital in New York City. And What's I the name of did Memorial Sloan Kettering. They're in New York City. Okay. Um, uh-huh. And I, they asked me to do genetic testing. And so I set up with the genetics department to do genetic testing and and it's based on a bunch of questions about the family history, about age, and about uh, genetics, about your grandparents, your aunts, uncles. Um, I didn't know anything about my great-grandparents, so I couldn't answer that one. Um, But they go back in history, you know, with your genetics, and they take blood. Uh, to do a genetic testing. And there's something called um, BRCA positive and BRCA negative. And that's with your genetics, your your history with your mom. And um, I was genetic, I was BRCA positive negative. So I didn't, I wasn't BRCA positive. But my sister is BRCA positive. So when somebody is BRCA positive, and this is what they explained to me, that mm-hmm. if somebody's black or positive, they do automatically do um, a, mam- um, a double mastectomy. They take out your ovaries, and uh, they they do that um, because okay. they're basing that on genetics. Yeah. And um, but I I didn't have that, so they didn't do that on me. But they did that with my sister, and okay. uh, it turned out that. <laughs> that she got early, I, I'm assuming early stages of breast cancer. And uh, so the two of us. What year, what, got what year was hers together. in comparison? Oh, mine, was diagnosed in September of, mine was diagnosed in September of 2017, and hers okay. was diagnosed in June of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. So two years later. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then it's it's spelled BRCA, B-R-C-A, for the yes. audience. It's B-R-C-A, right? And it's called the breast cancer gene. Yes. B-R-C-A, and they have one and two. Okay, but it's spelled C-A, and it's the abbreviation for breast cancer gene. 
All right. So I just wanted to honest to know because they may not know a whole lot about it because I definitely, I happened to hear about it um, some time ago. But at any rate, so, uh, you're, okay, so first you you have it and then you said your sister also um, uh, had cancer as well. And then um, what do you think about your overall medical help during that time when you were diagnosed until now? Oh, well, I had aggressive stage three breast cancer. There are, stage, there are four stages of breast cancer, one, two, three, and four. And mine was aggressive stage three, so it was rapidly going into stage four. But I hadn't got, well, stage four is when, when the cancer goes into your liver or your kidneys or your lungs or other organs in your body. But mine hadn't gotten to those other organs yet. They were floating towards them. Okay. So you're um, stage three. And then if you could just remind uh, the audience of what your process was once you're diagnosed with stage three from our first episode, please. Okay. I went to Memorial Sloan Kettering. They had gotten my mammogram, or the CD. They looked at my CD, and they saw that there were three tumors in my breast um, in three different places um, of my breast. And it's like a, a clock, and then, then it's like number six is where one of the tumors were, number seven was where the other tumor was, and number 11 was where the other tumor was. So that's what I was told after they did the biopsy. Um, um, before the oncologist and the surgeon could talk to me, they had to do a, a biopsy, and then they, you know, they send it to a lab, and they get the results, and then they have to do uh, a PET scan, uh, which is a scan of your whole body to see if the cancer is anywhere else. And mm-hmm. um, then you go, and they make you an appointment with uh, the surgeon and the oncologist, and you talk to them, and you, that's when you find out what stage you are in and and the next and what is the next step that you're going to take. Okay. Wow. And then after they scan um body and then do they begin to talk to you does the uh doctor begin to talk to you about treatment? Once yes. you find out um, what your stage yes. is okay. Yes. The surgeon came in and her name, uh, she, she explained, Dr. Kirstein explained to me um, what stage my cancer was in. And that she, as she explained that there are four stages and mine was aggressive stage three where it was rapidly growing quickly. And uh, I had, and there's 72 types of breast cancer, which I did not know there was. And mine was the most common one, which is BRCA positive. Um, um, BRCA, I mean, not BRCA, um, uh, receptor positive. And uh, you could be BRCA negative or BRCA positive. And that's how they find out what, where you stand. Um, okay. And mine, uh, so I'm, 
um, I found out the first the surgeon was didn't wanted me to do a clinical trial. And when I heard that, that my friend Sandy was with me and um, I heard, you know, um, I heard uh, aggressive stage three and I had read up on the stages myself and uh, I just decided that I wanted to just go through the chemotherapy and not do a okay. clinical trial because a clinical trial what they do in a clinical trial, and this is what what was explained to me, was that you either get a placebo, which is a pill that just, you know, it's not medical, a pill, or you get the the med the medicine, you know, that the that the pill they would be experimenting with. You don't know if you're going to get the 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 um, if you're going to get one or the other, and that's how they do the clinical trial. So you don't know. It's only you only know because they tell you at the end um, what what maybe what pill they gave you. Oh, okay. And I didn't want to uh, take that. I I just didn't want to take that route. Yes. And so, what did what drugs did you decide that you wanted to take? Well, um, I I went for chemo because it was okay. in the later stages of you know of breast cancer, um, okay. and I just felt well. First of all, I didn't know really how chemo would affect you because I had never gone through it. I I was a CNA, so I took care of other people that may have. Had, had breast cancer, but if if you've never gone through it, you don't know yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, um, so I chose to um, go through chemo, and um, they gave me uh, A and C. It was a long other name. It starts with a D, but I I can't say it. And okay. um, A and C is the abbreviation of it and then I had to take another drug which is an easier name called Toxol, C-O-X-O-L and that's another chemo drug and they're very uh, potent chemo drugs because I I was in my later stage of of cancer so I when you're in stage 3 or stage 4 they they give you more potent uh, chemo than they would on stage one or two. Everybody's diagnosis is different and how they treat them is different individually. Okay. And then um, I had, I'm going to go back just a little bit. You used um, a term receptive, I think you said receptive Receptive positive? Receptor is that correct? Positive. It's receptor positive. Yeah, receptor yes. positive. That's the type of breast cancer that I have, and that's the most common one that a lot of people okay. are diagnosed with. Okay, okay. So that's a, okay, receptor positive. Okay. And so that's for women. It's with the women. I hope I'm saying this correct. 
uh, hormone therapy for breast cancer with hormone receptor positive invasive breast cancer treated with surgery. It's treated with surgery. They, and they, yes, like they can treat it with, it, it depends on the patient. For instance, yes. I had the chemo first so that it could see if they could shrink the tumors down, down in size. But from what okay. I understood, it didn't, the chemo didn't shrink them down at all. And then I had a double, I chose, you can either have a single mastectomy, which they, I had it on my right breast. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. On my right breast, so they can do a, a single mastectomy. Or, or since they said it would come back in my other breast, I chose to have a, that was my choice, to have a double mastectomy because I didn't want to go through this again. And have another, uh, you know, take that chance of it coming back like it did in, with my aunt. Um, so I did, I figured I'd just get it over with. And um, so I did a double mastectomy. And uh, then you can, you have a choice of speaking to a plastic surgeon while you're speaking to the sur- the surgeon. And when you go for that du- that mastectomy, um, they can do it, put a spacer in between your breastbone so that they can let the breastbone uh, spacer uh, work. And um, that way they can do reconstructive surgery. But you have to make up that decision before you have them, the surgery with the surgeon. You can't do it after, from what I was told. Yes. Okay. So you did um, surgery. I mean, excuse me, chemotherapy and a double mastectomy. And then, um, how many rounds of chemotherapy? Just an estimate. How many rounds of chemotherapy did you receive? And also, I did. did um, I think last time we spoke eight. about radiation. Over eight. Okay. And I did eight over eight treatments of chemo with the two different kinds of drugs. And then I, I also lost my hair. Um, my friend Margaret took me to get my hair shaved, and I, I wore a wig. And um, um, then I had after I healed for like six weeks or so. Well, I had my I, I had my surgery in uh, April fourth, uh, twenty eighteen. Is my double mastectomy, and then. In June of was it June? Yeah, June of of 2018, I started uh, over. I was going to have more than 25 rounds of radiation. They put you in a CAT scan, and then they they shoot radiation into your where the cancer was in your breast, in your right breast. Okay. And I, so then I did, you did that. Okay, so you did radiation as well. Uh, yes, I. They for me, they did chemo and they did radiation because my cancer was so advanced. Yes, and then um, now because I'm asking these questions because um, I don't know a lot about the treatment side of cancer, and um, I'm sure a lot of people 
<clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people don't know either. They know of, you know, uh, people who receive a diagnosis, but what is actually the process? And so what we're getting into in this episode is, is the process that Arden is, um, has gone through and she's um, letting, letting us know um, because I think this is very important. I'm also attempting to ask questions so that we all have clarity also. Now, um, I want to um, ask about the, I'm back, I'm still going to stay just for a moment on the chemo and radiation. So you did chemotherapy and then you did radiation. Is it, did I understand you correctly? Was it a year apart? Or did you do yeah, it all at the um, same time? I, I got diagnosed in September of 2017 when I went to Memorial Sloan Center. And then they set me up in October 4th. October 4th is when I started the chemo. So that was my first treatment. But before that, so those, last, those next couple of weeks from early, um, you know, I don't even remember when I went to Sloan Kettering the first time. It's, it's, it's a blank to me because I, I think I was in shock when I got the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, I had to go through a biopsy and yes. a, a doctor um, that did a biopsy and she was actually from St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey, and she worked under my, onico- my mom's OBGYN and my OBGYN, and she worked under him. Um, and so that was interesting and uh so i felt comfortable there and uh um, um okay. and then when they got the results of that you know the biopsy that's when the surgeon called me in and well, okay. I, I got a pet scan too and then the surgeon called me in for my next appointment and yeah. um and uh told me you know what what she, what the results were from all the tests that she did, and uh, and then when we were going to schedule a surgery, which was supposed to, surgery was supposed to be March sixth, but because mm-hmm. I had a blood pressure problem, mm-hmm. uh, they made it a, a month later. Yes. All right, and then let me. Um... So after the treatment was done, you were finished with everything. What were your next steps? Well, I, I did the radiation, and, and Sandy took me and got to ring the bell. That meant that I was done okay. with the radiation. And then yeah. um, then I had to heal from that. And yeah. um, I would go every three months to see the oncologist, Dr. Wong, at Memorial Sloan Kettering, and on my next visit, she said that the cancer, from the, they do blood work on you, and they can tell from the blood work where the cancer is, and it was still going in my, in my system. It hadn't gone away. It, yes. was, it was floating towards my other organs after all this. So then she had to give me oral chemo, which was okay. pills and 
the, the pink was the chemo, um, the oral chemo that was pink on, on the on the pills, and I had to take 4,000 4, milligrams uh, twice a day, and I had to do that for months. Okay. And how many how and many months got, was it? Was it three to six? I got very sick. Oh, okay. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, um, how long? How long? Um, oh, it was months. How so long were and six months? Okay. Well, it's over more months. Uh, over four months. And, over four um, months. Okay. I, I got I got very sick. No, very uh, tired, fatigued. Um, yeah. you know, I couldn't. All I would do at the end, I would all I would do is sleep. Um, I had home health aides come in, um, and uh, you know, chemo kills the the oral chemo. You know, also kills the um, the good and the bad cells. So it it takes a toll on your body. And and you know, I mean, somebody else could go through it, but you're not walk, walking in their shoes until you have to go through it yourself. Right. Yes. And um, my next question um, was how long was the entire treatment process? Um, well, I started in um, actually October 4th of 2017, which is the first email, and I, I, I ended it on in, by two thousand uh, uh, by January no wait uh, by almost uh, two thousand twenty uh, March of two thousand twenty I I had my last end of March almost April two thousand twenty I had my last uh, oral chemo pill so it, it was a long Long couple of years. Yes. Okay, so it was right before COVID or around COVID time. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Did COVID affect your affect you your treatment process, or it did not? No, because it was we were done before. before. And, okay. And okay. Um, I mean, we just at a memorial home we had to wear masks anyhow because if you had a cough or a cold you were allowed to be there anyhow. So, it, you know, it, it didn't it didn't affect me in any way. Um, I and guess I'm just lucky they found it beforehand. You know, we didn't know exactly. COVID was going to happen. That's right. Yes. And so when were, was it official that you were cancer-free? And also, I I've, found I've looked... That- Oh, go ahead. How do you know that you're cancer? How do the, how does the doctors like determine that, or what do they tell you? And then well, they uh, do a test. Okay. okay, they do. I didn't know this either. So they do um, a, they do a PET scan once a year, and they can tell from what, the first PET scan to the second PET scan the next year, and see if there's any cancer in your body. And then they determine that based on what what they see, and then if you have it the, the you know the second year, the third year, 
and then they they let you know that I found out in um, twenty uh, let's see um, twenty twenty. 2021, the end of 2021, like December, that that I they said I was cancer free. All right. They so for my, congratulations. Um, my yes, I was. Thank you. Yes, yes. Congratulations. I am so happy thank that you're you. here with us. You're welcome. And um, I don't have like an applause button and all that, but I really am applauding you. Second. This is um, an amazing journey for you, and I'm so thankful that you're here to share it with us. I said to the, thank you. I said to the radiologist, Dr. Branstein, um, he had told me, I asked him this, where he went to medical school, and he said he went to Harvard Medical School in Boston. Yes. And um, my cousin, I said to one of my cousins, the psychiatrist, he went to Boston, uh, Harvard Medical School, and went for psychiatry. And um, in Harvard, and uh, I then said to him, "This is a journey I didn't choose to take, but it's a journey I need to finish." And I put that on a T-shirt. Mm, I love and that. One of the nurses at at Sloan Kettering told me to put that on a T-shirt, so I put it on a big T-shirt with black letters. Wow. So what? What? Um... First of all, can you say the saying one more time? Can you, sure. please? I said to Dr. Branstein, this is a journey I didn't choose to take, but it's a journey I need to finish. Wow. Amazing. This is a journey I need to finish. Indeed. So next, I... was kind of shocked I... to say it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that that quote is is just brilliant. And then I I I have um, oh you're welcome. I have a few more questions. Um, after all of the treatment and you're now you're you're wonderfully cancer free. Were there any side uh, side effects for you um, after radiation chemotherapy? the chemotherapy uh, was there side effects yes. to you and your body and if so can you please let us know what they were or are yes they were um, with the, the regular the chemo was, was put, usually they put a port in your um, chest and they didn't do that with me they just gave me an IV through my veins like if you you're uh, taking, if they're taking blood you know from, from you mm-hmm. Um, they did that. They sometimes put a port in somebody. Um, they said if I have to ever go through chemo again, they would have to put a port in me because uh, my from having lymphedema, uh, they can't uh, take blood or, or do a blood pressure cuff on my right arm because that's where my lymphedema is from the lymph nodes being taken out. So I only have my left arm for them to take blood out of. And when you're in the hospital, you know how many times they take blood out of you. So they yeah, can also do it in your, in your foot and they can do it, you know, uh, in other places also, I found out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, 
So, uh, um, you know, I was not aware of that they couldn't take blood out of my left, on my right arm. I have a bracelet on that says, uh, no blood pressure cuff or needles in your right, in your right arm. And I wear that on my left, my left hand. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, what is the reasoning again for not? Because, why can't well, they? Well, they, they, what they did was they, it's like having an injury where they take the lymph nodes out and yes. it does a blockage um, to your, um, your blood flows through your arm and through the rest yes. of your body, through your lymphatic system, which is throughout your whole body. And it's in your groin, it's in your breast, it's in your chest, it's in your stomach, it's it's in your armpits, it's um, in your groin, it's in, in those areas. I think other areas too. Um, you'd have to look on a a chart for lymphatic lymphatic system. Um, and so the so the bacteria flows in and out of your body, with through your blood. And once it's affected, the arm backs up. It's like a helium balloon that you know blows up, but you can't you can't pop it. So um, you have to be careful, and you have to wear a glove and sleeve on your arm and um, for the rest of your life. Wow. Uh, yes. And I. This is. Um... Uh, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to read the textbook definition of lymphedema. It's actually a chronic swelling that is caused by a buildup of fluid in the lymph that occurs when the lymphatic system is either faulty or damaged. There is no cure for lymphedema, but it can be effectively treated. And so also I'd like the audience to know, our, our, our wonderful listeners to know that the definition of lymphedema is in the description as well as uh, what is breast cancer. Okay. So now we are actually right on topic um, about lymphedema itself. Um, what is... What is it that we can do um, to support um, your cause? Because this is what this um, episode is about, um, your cause for lymphedema. I mean, excuse me, for people who have lymphedema. Uh, what is the actual issue and why is there a need for support and also a treatment act? Why is there a treatment act? So let's start first with, um, what's going on in, in general with with um, lymphedema and this, the medical support in, it should have? Could you just explain, please? Yes. I'm I hope I'm saying that clear um, enough. Yeah. There's um, people. You go through physical therapy, which is a regular physical therapist who works on your arms, legs. Um, Whatever you know, when you go through physical therapy, when you have to get, it's called PT or physical therapy. And there's yes. also a clinical. Wait, excuse me. Excuse me, Arden. Arden, the it's breaking yes. up a little bit. 
the the sound. Oh. I'm not sure. There we go. I think it's clear again. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. There's a GP with, with physical lymphedy, physical therapy, which is regular physical therapy. Then there's okay. um, a, a ther- there's a, a you go for extra training as a physical therapist. If you're going to be a clinical lymphedema therapist, that's called a CLT, which is clinical lymphedema therapist. And you go to school a little longer than just being a physical therapist because you're doing a specific need and a specific uh, treatment. And that's what lymphedema clinical is I have lymphedema from breast cancer because they took my lymph nodes out under my armpit because I had cancer in the lymph nodes. But um, people also get it in their legs too, and you see people mm-hmm. with that. So many people have lymphedema, and we um, we see that in you know television commercials and. Um, you know, we see it. It's just, it's just known. You know, people have it, and uh, there's so many people that that have it. Either, like you, you said, what lymphedema is through an injury, through surgery. You know, depending on what what they had to go through. And, yes. Um, in Bakersfield, there is no lymphedema therapist here to treat somebody for lymphedema. I had to go to San Francisco, which is a three, oh, two and a half hour drive one way and ten and a half hours or longer back. And Excuse me, Arden? Clinical. Arden, it's, um, can you repeat it? Because the, it's, um, your sound is breaking, breaking up, up, please. Yes. There we go. Okay. It's back. I can, I can okay. talk pretty quick. Uh, are you there? Uh, yes. There's a, there's so you said in Bakersfield. Bakersfield doesn't have a, lymph, a clinical lymphedema therapist. There's nobody here that can do that work. Where in yes. Chico, where I was before, they had a clinical lymphedema therapist. But Bakersfield, who they had as a therapist here, they left. So they haven't replaced them. So now, doctor, my doctor is Dr. Uh, Cirillo, and he's with C- CCBC in Bakersfield, and they have to. They give me. They gave me uh, Jamie Centrochi, who is uh, with um, C- Central Coastal Lymphedema out in San Lucas Obispo, and I have to go there. They're sending everybody yeah. there. Wow, that's the closest. And then what's the what's the distance? Medical insurance. It's a yes, little uh, over two, two and a half hours one way. Yeah, two and a half hours. Wow, that's a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, um, it's a there's no treatment. There's no treatment. No one here who can assist with all the medical facilities within Kern County. No one to assist or help people with lymphedema. Is that correct? That's that's correct. And I'm also an advocate for the Lymphedema Treatment Act, where I, call, I got a letter from Diane Feinstein, and I also uh, just spoke, got an email 
who um, one of the, uh, it, it's it's a it's HR 3650, which is was just passed by the House, and it's going yes. through con, con it's going to the Senate, but it's on Mitch McConnell's desk, and I'm going to be talking to the Secretary of uh, one of the senators that brought it into the attention of Congress. Uh, so we, it's called the lymphedema treatment act, and that's the garments that we have to wear for either your legs or your your arms. It's a glove and a sleeve. It's a compression sleeve, and it's not like the one on TV that they have the commercial for. It's the one that has to be made by measuring your body and your arm or your leg, and they have to make it, you know, fit fit compression so that it compresses your arm or your leg so that the swelling yes. doesn't get larger. And it has to be, it, and yes. it's not pay, not all in, not all insurance is paid for it. So that's why I'm 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 um voicing my uh knowledge and opinion and trying to get it passed through Congress so that all insurance companies have to pay for it, our garments. Yes. That's a it's this is wonderful. Um your your advocacy um, and also, I want the uh, listener to know, because we have a, a few more minutes left of our show, but the Lymphedema Treatment, the, the Lymphedema Treatment Act is, um, it's an active bill. It's in, it's in, uh, the 117th Congress, which runs from, uh, the beginning of 2021 to the end of 2022. The Senate bill was introduced on April 22nd. 2021 assigned um, assigned a bill number of S1315. Okay, so I'm just going to uh, mention the bill. It's the the uh, link to the Lymphedema Treatment Act bill is in the description, and also uh, one moment, and uh, we also would like for you to please contact. Congress to act on passing the Lymphedema Treatment Act, okay, and the link for you to uh, contact the Congress is also in our description, all right? And then last but definitely not least, um, Arden is is starting a lymphedema treatment support group, okay, and it's going to be on Zoom. It starts October 7th here in Kern County in Bakersfield, okay, October 7th. And the link to the group is in is in the description as well. I want to thank Arden, Sean, for being our wonderful guest. And um, thank everyone so much for listening. And is there anything that you wanted to add, Arden? Did I cover everything? Because we have 60 seconds. <laughs> You're welcome. Wonderful. So, uh, I think uh, this ends our show, okay? And thank you all of our listeners. If anyone has any questions or comments, please leave them in the comment box, okay, for Arden, for our guests. Um, and, and, again, the lymphedema um, support group will begin October 7th on Zoom, and the link will be in the description We'll also be promoting it on different um, stream, streaming and social media. Okay? So thank you so much. Thank you, Arden. Thank you for being here. 
I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes. And uh, bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you.